When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. Well, it's Friday. We worked hard to get here, and here we are. The end of the week. If you have a question for Ask Frank Anything, you can go ahead and start dialing. 1-800-848-WABC. Hard to believe, but Monday is Columbus Day observed. Yes, Columbus Day. In New York City, Many city agencies, including the Department of Education and several others, are continuing to refer to this as either Italian Heritage Day or Indigenous Peoples Day. In fact, the Department of Education calendar says both Italian Heritage slash Indigenous Peoples Day. Putting aside the absurdity of just canceling Columbus, that's probably a longer discussion, and that's one that we can have on Monday when it is Columbus Day. If you're Italian or of Italian descent, or if you're of indigenous descent, why would you want to share your day with another ethnic group? You shouldn't have to. The indigenous people should have their day, and the Italians should have their day. I think what they're trying to do is ludicrous. We've had Columbus Day as a holiday since Franklin Roosevelt recognized it in October of 1937. Congress has not changed Columbus Day to Italian Heritage Day or Indigenous Peoples Day, yet the city of New York and its agencies continue to refer to it as such, avoiding using the name Columbus from any announcements regarding this holiday. Even though we have a Columbia University in this city, even though we have a Columbus Circle in this city, even though our nation's capital is called the District of Columbia. This is lunacy. Monday is Columbus Day. Let's not pretend it's half Italian Heritage Day and half Indigenous Peoples Day. Let's enjoy Columbus Day. I'll have a lot more to say about this on Columbus Day. Beam me up! To be continued. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everybody. This is Superstar Frank Morano on 77 WABC, and you are listening to The Other Side of Midnight. Well, somehow, the curious case of Bob Menendez has gotten even more curious. We knew that Senator Menendez's wife, Nadine, had allegedly gotten a car as a bribe for her husband following an accident that left her without one. Well, the circumstances of that car crash came to light early Wednesday 
morning when the Record and the New York Times both published articles about how she struck and killed a pedestrian, Richard Coop, with her previous Mercedes in Bogota in 2018. Cops pretty much immediately ruled her not at fault because they said Coop was jaywalking. There's no evidence presented in either article that Nadine Menendez, who was dating the senator at the time, invoked his name or that he pulled any of the levers of power to get her out of potential trouble. But there are a lot of things about this case that warrant some serious scrutiny. Why did a retired Hackensack police officer show up to the scene? Why did Nadine Menendez remain in her car after striking Coop, not getting out to check on him? Why wasn't she tested? for alcohol or drugs? And how vigorously did police follow up on subpoenas for her phone, which she gave over to cops and then took back? Senator Menendez told reporters on Wednesday that it was a tragic accident, and obviously we think of the family. So why did Coop's family tell reporters they never heard from the couple? Question about how police pursued the subpoenas is particularly interesting and quite possibly relevant. Politico New Jersey and their hardworking editor Matt Friedman, he looked up Nadine Menendez's driving record and she had two charges for using a cell phone while driving. One in 2021 that she pleaded guilty to and one in 2016 that was resolved with a plea she also got two citations for failure to observe traffic control devices more than 10 years ago. And she had previous tickets for improper passing and failure to maintain lamps. Now, it's certainly possible that Nadine Menendez was held to the exact same standard of justice as anyone else would have been. But there's enough information in these reports to legitimately ask the question of whether she was or not. Why did it take over five years for newspapers to dig this up? Was someone sitting on this story until they could use it again? against Menendez? Or is this another instance of the Department of Justice finding negative information at a time when Menendez is vulnerable and potentially trying to go to trial and leaking this out to the public in order to taint the jury? I tend to think it's the latter. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Here's some depressing news out of Long Island, and I'm curious if this is taking place in the rest of the region and the rest of the country. Headline in Newsday, Long Island bars retooling happy hour as patronage drops. Happy hour as we know it is on the rocks. Interesting article in Newsday by Serena Trangle. Bar and restaurant owners across Long Island are rethinking their take on the after work promotion now that the tradition isn't as reliable as a business strategy. Consumers have cut back on going out for afternoon and early evening drinks because of inflation and remote work. That's according to market research from Technomic, a consulting firm in Chicago. Other cultural shifts, including Americans eating dinner earlier, younger generations drinking less, and a greater focus on health and wellness may also be driving down happy hour businesses. Nearly three in 10 people in the Northeast say they go to happy hour less than they did before the pandemic. And faced with fewer bar tabs, a lot of venues are exploring ways to revive happy hour. Some are running drink specials for extended hours in an attempt to appeal to inflation-weary customers. Other businesses are beefing up the culinary side of their sales and creating food items exclusively available during their evening promotional period. A few establishments have rethought their relationship to happy hour altogether and just tabled the tradition. 
As far as I'm concerned, that's what the bad news is here. Happy hour to me was something fun, it was something happy, and it was a reward for those of us that enjoyed drinking during off-peak hours. Just like congestion pricing should really only be for people that are commuting during rush hour because you want to encourage people to commute in during off hours, you want to encourage people to go to your bar or your restaurant during off-peak hours, times when it's normally empty. Happy hour should be expanded and started earlier, not done away with. My heart goes out to these bar owners that uh, are struggling here in the aftermath of the pandemic. And I hope more people start going out and celebrating happy hour more. I'm going to make an effort to do just that today. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Hey, I want to give a big shout out to all of the listeners that came down to see Curtis Sliwa on uh, Johnny Potenza's show last night. It was great to meet so many of you in person. I especially want to give a shout out to Mark, who was there with his companion. I don't know if it was his wife or his girlfriend or his mistress, but whomever. And uh, Mark went to St. Peter's and he said he listens every day. And uh, it was great to see him. One of the things that Curtis and I did after the show was over is I dropped him off at St. John's villa and even though it was 11 o'clock there were still all sorts of protests out there doing their thing protesting why now why are these protesters at the former st john's villa well apparently mayor eric adams administration has continued placing migrants at this facility on staten island after getting a stay of a judge's order blocking the move. So as of now, an estimated 100 migrants are now living at the former St. John Villa Academy complex. I understand that the city was able to block the stay, but this is completely disrespectful. The city lost in court. Judge Wayne Ozzie, a Democrat, by the way, ruled against the city and their attempts to put more people there. At the very least, even if you're going to keep the migrants there that are already there, the city is going out of their way to spit in the face of neighborhood residents by adding more migrants when they just lost in court. So there were 70 to 80 migrants at this location before the litigation. Now there are more than 100. And I will tell you, these guys were playing loud music, shouting, having loud commentaries on a bullhorn at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night when Curtis and I were there. I don't know who would want to live there. Who would want to leave the comfort of a midtown hotel in order to be shouted at and have loud music playing all night? So I hope migrants choose to leave on their own. But more importantly, I hope the city stops insulting residents and putting migrants there, even though a judge's ruling has indicated they shouldn't be permitted to be there. By the way, New York City is also struggling to contain rising tuberculosis cases. They say this is due to budget cuts and understaffing. I think some people believe this has something to do with the influx of 120,000 migrants that have come here in the last year as well. Beam me up! To be continued.